Welcome to Allendale Market Talk. This is Greg McBride and Mike Lung. We are joined today by Allendale President Steve Georgie. Thanks for joining us today, Steve. You bet. Thank you for having me on. Exciting times. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. We have a USDA report uh, uh, on Thursday this week. We've already gone through the Allendale snapshot. So if you are a subscriber, go back and uh, and watch that. Uh, now, one of the things that uh, as we kind of bounce things back and forth here, feel free to jump in at any point, but I'm going to try and uh, uh, point out who I, who I'd like to get, uh, get some thoughts from. And we'll start with you, Mike. Um, one of the biggest things that we've seen here is we've started to roll out the January soybean contracts uh, to, you know, March and beyond. And we're seeing some interesting movement in those, uh, in those spreads. And it's not necessarily that we, we aren't expecting spread action like we've seen. It's just the timing situation. You want to uh, go a little bit into detail on what we've seen there? Yeah. So typically we're going to see this spread activity take place during the day. You'll see index funds, you'll see manage money, things along those lines, roll their position during the day session because you just have more liquidity. There's more contracts to throw at the market as opposed to say the overnight session when we typically only do a small portion of the daily business. But recently, we've seen multiple night sessions start off with some aggressive spread activity, upwards of 12 to 13, 14,000 contracts within the first minute of trade. And it's very regular for the only reason that there's just not a lot of contracts there to throw at the market that are going to keep it uh, stabilized. So seeing that is very peculiar for this market at any time, let alone holiday trading season. Yeah. Now, Steve, um, something else has been a little bit strange and it, it you know, we always talk about uh, low volume, high volatility type uh, type situations, especially when you get into uh, into the holidays. And one of the things that you're seeing a lot is is maybe winding or unwinding of different spreads. And it, it doesn't seem like there's any kind of logical reason behind it. So, you know, one day you can see buying in the wheat, but selling in the, in the beans. Uh, another day you'll see the bean oil uh, go flying higher and that'll pull the beans with it. Well, today it was, it was something different. You see the, the wheat get, uh, get hammered, beans go up, bean meal goes up and bean oil gets hammered. What's, what's going on here and why are we seeing this kind of odd movement in the markets? You know, that's a great question. I think when you look at things and you you really try to try to direct that out. What what is it? You know, the correlations that we once sat and watched are now they're just different. They're changing. And so it's almost like each commodity is being pulled by a different string. And, you know, when you look at it, it's headline news uh, is, is really pushing the market with this idea of underlying inflation that always sits there. So anytime you get a pullback, it's you start seeing the market do something for something that is unexplained. And you start to hear people say, well, that's just inflation. You know, I, you think back, I mean, you go back 10 years or so when we had the introduction, you had bigger fund money that was participating. Um, and, and it was money flow, right? That's what people would say is, Hey, money's coming in or money's coming out of a market. That's almost like something Greg that they would say when they didn't know what to say, you know, but here we are talking that when we don't know what to say, it's, well, it's inflation. Um, but there are a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of moving parts right now that we have to be uh, very cognizant to, to the fact why they're moving. Um, whether or not it's South America's weather, seems like that's one day on one day off. Mm -hmm. Whether or not it's export sales, big sales for corn. Oh my gosh, we should go somewhere. Market did not react. So what is it today? What's the flavor of the day? And 
as we go into the next few months, uh, it's it's that volatility is going to remain. Well, how much uh, how much would you put into the uh, to the thoughts of uh, some of these uh, geopolitical uh, situations that we've got going on? You know, the uh, uh, the diplomatic uh, uh, what is it? The diplomatic um, shunning of the uh, Beijing Olympics, however they put it. Uh, mm -hmm. um, or, you know, we have this conversation, uh, 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 Putin and Biden have this conversation about the Ukraine and whether or not there's going to be an invasion and what happens if that is the case. You're talking about two places where, you know, Russia is the number one wheat uh, uh, provider or exporter in the world. And you've got China, the biggest uh, soybean buyer from the United States and well, biggest buyer period from the United States. How much does that play into the market as far as potential fear factor? Yeah. You know, uh, I think fear factor is a good term. You know, when you look at it, we've seen all this escalation, whether or not it's escalation in price, whether or not it's escalation in fear, whether or not it's escalation in geopolitical turmoil. And so this escalation and this heightened sense of just emotion mm -hmm. is what it is, is what's driving these markets in both directions, though. And, and you get these extreme moves. And so when we start moving into this holiday season and you get put into to more of a uh, lighter volume situation, it doesn't take much in order to move it fast. And I think that is where we're at right now. And so nothing has to make sense. It could be something very simple that might drive the market, but it's going to take it further than it needs to go because of the emotion that is behind it. And, and I think everything that you brought up, though, Greg, is, is great. And you've got to watch that especially over the next few months, how do we escalate? Mm -hmm. Do we escalate? Do we de-escalate? And, and what kind of sense does it give us here on, on both sides? But volatility is here to stay. And Mike, uh, you know, as we go into this uh, USDA report, you know, we have seen this, uh, this range uh, trade kind of set up. It almost feels like, the, you know, regardless of what you see uh, from one day to the next, it feels like we're trading ranges in corn, beans, and wheat. Well, shoot, it's, it, you know, you look at some of these other markets, they kind of feel like they've gone sideways a little bit here over the last month, month and a half. Is there anything setting up good, bad, or indifferent uh, that we have to be cognizant of as we go into this report from a technical perspective? Yeah, so you got everyone that's going to play the inflation card continue to play it because there's reason to at this point and you have a market like you just said going very sideways with beans closing at the same level they closed back in october 5th so you have a market that's very sideways you have a lot of wants to be long here after especially with beans after the drop we've had but you still have managed money that's reduced their bean position since january you've had them hold a long position in corn up until just very recently and continue to hold a very long position right now. So with the lower volume, with the high volatility, having a plan of attack and really watching some of these sideways actions and having those uh, bounds really justified here, because you can very well see with beans as overpriced as they are from an economic standpoint, and managed money funds showing no real want to be long this market, you could see those fall out of bed. And if you do solve some of these South American problems and get some answers to some of the overlying questions, you have them very long in a market where you just don't have a lot of outside participation and a lot of people long a market that if they do liquidate the position could lead to some more panic movement. And much of what we've seen in the past 
uh, and will continue to see in the future, seeing that over-exaggerated move one way or another. But right now they are built up for some kind of bullish move and watching that uh, range bound action. If you do get a break up to the top side to help justify jumping in uh, could be a good way to go about it. But main thing is really just watching the risk here with this sideways action. It will chop people up and it, you'll see some large uh, whipsaws as we have seen. Now, Mike, with, with what you're talking about, about the potential for, you know, maybe the, uh, the funds coming out of more of that uh, corn position, that large corn position, um, there isn't a lot of, uh, of resting orders under the market. So there aren't a lot of stops that are, uh, that are setting down there. Um, what's the potential uh, as we, uh, if we were to see something like that, is that one of those where it's a, you know, press the panic button and, and just, you know, dump your positions uh, if they take out a certain level, if you don't have those orders resting or uh, how does, how does that work? It's it's both sides at this point. There's no real resting orders on either side of this market. So much like we saw in 2019 after the uh, big flooding issues we had and uh, came into August waiting on the report, August report came out and we went down limit. You could see funds flush out of their position very the, much the same way. Or if we do get a breakout to the top side, potentially what they could do is what they did with beans this year is just slowly release orders to the market and slowly exit that position as the market's moving higher. So either way, looking for a quick and aggressive movement once we do get this breakout. Well, and then uh, Steve, you know, as we go into this, uh, to this report, you know, give us a quick, uh, a quick uh, synopsis of what we should be looking at. Obviously you already did the snapshot uh, with, with Rich, you know, don't go into, uh, into insane amount of detail, but you know, this is typically, a kick the can type report. So what do we have to look forward to as we go into this report? Yeah. You know, it, and when you say it's a kick the can report, it mostly is for corn specifically. Uh, we don't see a lot of movement out of corn. You get carry out numbers that stay relatively the same. And once again, we're looking for corn X, uh, corn carry out numbers to, to remain very close, not major movement. Uh, we don't have enough to say, Hey, we need to change export sales uh, or, or the demand side of things. So um, usually it is a kick the can report and, and at least until we get to January, a little bit different picture for beans, export sales uh, are on pace. They're nothing exciting right now. We get token business from China. We get that 130 to 140,000 tons a day. Uh, but that is what is expected right now. And so when you look at beans, you're at 340 million carryout. The expectation is, is that you're going to see more than that. So at 340 million carryout, and if they just left it alone and kicked the can, you're talking about an economic value for beans that's somewhere near 11. So you're sitting at $1.50 to $1.70 overvalued right now. What happens if, right? What happens if they come in and they raise carry out again, like the trade is expecting 340, maybe up to 350. Well, that moves that needle down even more. And so as you were talking earlier about just some of the unexplained and why we're doing things, we have got a, a big premium in the beans. We need to continue to watch that. But uh, expect to see maybe carry out numbers to improve a little bit. But the other side is wheat. The wheat market starting to take a back seat, starting to break back a little bit. Uh, and, and it's what it is, is lack of demand. Export sales are not there. We are behind pace for export sales. And so when you look at why are we rallying so much for wheat, it is because of the global perspective. It's not because of demand here. It's nothing to do with domestic needs. But what we're doing is that the global demand 
uh, is starting to pick up and China being a big player. And as you mentioned, China uh, is, is a big consumer of, of all grains. But this year, China is going to outconsume their production. So the big animal in the room is, will China come in? Will they need to buy? Uh, and are they going to come onto the global market and buy wheat? And so it had pushed prices higher than we needed to get to. And we haven't seen China do that. And so we got to be ready for that. How much does it play into uh, into the, the thought process as you talk about the potential for China, um, you know, buying more wheat or even buying uh, more corn at this point. We just found out there, we were just reported that they, they improved their uh, production or their output for corn and, and wheat or just grains in general by 2% uh, over last year. Does that factor into it? Does that bring some of their domestic prices down? Maybe taking away a little bit of that necessity to buy some cheaper corn or cheaper wheat uh, from, uh, from around the world? Yeah. You know, and I, I think when you take that question and you look at it and you say, okay, you know, their prices have already been high. Yes. If we remember why corn went up and how fast it went up almost a year ago, Chinese prices kind of led the way. They were tearing higher. We then followed. So when you talk about China and their prices, and specifically for grain, their prices started to go through the roof, which in turn shows their need. So it was something that corn prices were going up again, making new highs. Wheat was, was at incredible levels uh, for wheat. And so we had price react to that. And the idea is that China is going to need to go to the global market to find it. You know, they did for wheat a little bit and it wasn't from us. Yeah. So that had changed that picture for wheat. And as uh, we're giving back some of that premium that we had seen that put in. But that, you know, Micah, we talk, you know, we're talking about this uh, as well, but uh, you know, we're seeing that uh, China is buying from uh, some other uh, sources here lately as well. Um, you know, you've got uh, them buying uh, Ukrainian corn. You've got them buying a little bit of Argentine corn. Um, you know, soybeans uh, down in Brazil are actually priced better uh, now uh, than they are here in the U.S. Uh, so um, are, is that window for our exports uh, closing at this point? Um, you know, cause typically this is when it does for soybeans, but it starts to open up for corn. Are we going to lose, uh, lose some business because of, uh, that, uh, uh, that competition from, uh, the Ukraine and Argentina for, uh, for corn. We very well could. And we haven't seen China really in the mix for our corn at all since they start, they bought around, I think it was last May that came in with about a week's worth of purchasing and really haven't seen them too interested since we've had them saying, on their own uh, WASI type reports that they're not going to be importing as much corn and that they're going to be looking at U.S. less and less because of uh, logistics issues and things along those lines. So our windows seems to be closing, seems to be closing fast. Potentially, if there is South American problems, maybe we see them come back in. And once we get confirmation of that, trying to get some more on the books, but they just have not been shown to be very interested in the u.s uh, corn crop this year all right well let's uh, shift gears here real quick uh everybody knows here at allendale we do a very big uh conference every january we like to uh to get out there and and uh, you know give some uh, some information to our to our customers so let's let steve uh uh give his best pitch for this allendale uh, outlook conference coming up uh in just about a month and a half's time yeah, you know, and it's exciting. Uh, this is going to be different. And we've got a lot of people uh, that are going to be participating and, and what we showcase mostly in the grain market. So you got corn, beans, wheat, and then also cattle and hogs. 
but bigger than that, Drew Lerner is going to be out again. We're going to talk about world weather and, and what's going on and what to prepare ourselves for for the coming year. As, as we've been talking this entire time about just some of the uncertainty that surrounds our markets, there is not a better way out there than, than getting involved with what is to come. You know, it, it's so easy to look back and say, well, hey, here's what we did. But it's very hard to look forward and say, well, what should we be doing? What makes sense? And where do I take the, all this information? And so we're going to provide that for everybody uh, and really give more of a uh, just a very in-depth look of how do you prepare for this coming year uh, and what to look for. We'll even give price projections on this stuff. So going to be a great conference. Uh, and we're going to have that for everybody here at the end of January and have that prepared for everybody. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. If you guys have any questions on that, please give us a call at 800-262-7538, or you can visit us on the website at allendale-inc.com. But today for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung, Greg McBride, and Steve Georgie signing off. You guys have a great one.